Doing good. Yeah, good. I feel like it's been forever since we've it all has. sat down. It's been a while. Oh. Everything going good with everybody? Yeah. Yeah, it's been Weather like, How long has it been? It's been, what, a week? Well, <laughs> like two, 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 two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks at least. Not that we should be showing our production schedule undergarments. That's true, but too. Yeah, so um, I've had a lot going on. You know, I'm um, working hard at Bossy Skirt Stuff with all of my young peeps and then doing my day job, so... I wasn't sure what you guys wanted to talk about today. Well, it looked like those Instagram videos you've been making have been popping up all <laughs> over my feed. <laughs> really? Then that means yes, you're watching. Exactly. I am watching them. That's how that that's how that algorithm works. I've been works. seeing them too. Mm-hmm. Man, did I get a lot of feedback on that one about do what you say you will do? Oh, that was yeah. a good one. Yeah. That one freaks people out. Was that was it the compliment? What were you saying? <laughs> she said that she got a lot of feedback on her recent video about just basically doing what you say you're going to do. That's one was about trust, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Imagine mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You know why? Follow it's, through. <laughs> it's amazing how many people don't do that. It's a crazy and, concept. And even as I was filming it, I was thinking, oh, you know what? I have colleagues who are thinking that I'm going to be filming this about them because there are so many things mm-hmm. that people have told me they're going to do that they haven't done yet. <laughs> but it was not directed at anybody individually. It just happens all the fucking time. <laughs> it drives me bonkers. Mm-hmm. So, anywho. I won't. I won't go off on a rant. Well, speaking of social media, I think that's what we wanted to talk about a little we bit. Did right? didn't we did talk about social segue media. Segue there. Yeah. Yeah. Nice job, Tony. <laughs> we had a we had a quick knowledge bomb on it a couple of weeks ago, and then we never followed up on it. And it's actually a really big topic for a couple of reasons. Number one, because you guys are digital natives and you live your lives online, but also because digital media has totally taken over the entire field of marketing. So it's a really huge space. So every company now has really specific social media policies. So there are really two things about that that I thought would be um, worth discussing for our audience. So the first one is, what is your company's social media policy? And make sure you are following it. I can give you some, some guidelines on what are probably in a lot of them. Uh, but then secondly, what each of us need to do to make sure that we are still behaving appropriately and professionally when we're online, which can suck because it, it is supposed to be your personal life. Yeah, you want to go and say what you want, post what you want, but you have to remember that you're representing a bigger picture than exactly the long right. run. So. Which sounds so lame, right? I mean, you don't want to be thinking about work when you're posting your Instagram at yeah. 2 in the morning on a Saturday night when so, there's something really cool to talk about. That is true, but the reality of it with, is with everybody having it and being on it, it's so easy to go see what somebody's doing at any time of the day, and if somebody's being completely weird or outrageous, that company's going to be like, mm. It's really easy to say whatever you want to. A lot of people don't yeah, think about get, that. Just start typing. Open it up. I know, you're you guilty. I know you're guilty of that. Yeah, I, we're all guilty. Honestly, in. we're all. You're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. You know what? Whenever we're both good. I feel like posting something now, I just try to make it a positive message for the day instead of complaining about everything. Agreed. I never post negative I've been rants to. or anything on Facebook. I rarely post. I'll like share like a cute dog video or something. Or like today, I just ask like, what are you grateful for yeah, today? Yeah, that's awesome Just to stuff. like, you know, do like little conversation starter type things. But I am not, I'm not like politically charged on Facebook or, you know, I don't air my dirty laundry. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like that's not the place to do it. 
I think the challenge for a lot of people, well, first of all, you're probably a lot more mature than most. <laughs> and when I say mature, that's not a young thing. That's an ageless thing. But a lot of people, they want the views. And the views come from being provocative. So I feel like those things are kind of in conflict, right? So mm -hmm. I want to be appropriate so I don't get myself in trouble at work. But I don't want my social feeds to be lame. I want them <laughs> to be cool and interesting and fun. Well, that That's true. I wonder what kind of, like, I mean... I guess posting, I mean, it is funny. You're right, though. Posting always negative stuff is what gets attention. Absolutely. You share you share a bad news article, you share whatever it is, and everyone goes after it. Everyone mm -hmm. wants to comment, like it, whatever. You post something happy, it's like, oh, hey, I had a good day at work today. Mm -hmm. Two people. Yeah. You know. No retweets on that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> this one girlfriend of mine says, Twitter is 20 million people standing in the middle of the town square screaming as loud as possible. Yeah. So uh, it, it might be hard to trend on Twitter and still uh, be seen the way you want to be seen people at People feed off negativity online. It's ridiculous. I've never Absolutely been one for ridiculous. Twitter, though. I just I'm not a Twitter fan. got back into Twitter. Like, I... I used to like it a long time ago, and then I kind of just fell by it fell by the wayside for me. And then recently, I just feel like it's it's helping me stay more like um, on top of like different breaking news and things like that. Like a lot of you know a lot of media outlets go straight to Twitter, so um, that's where I've been kind of finding myself uh, frequenting a lot more often. Yeah, a lot of people think of it as a news channel. Mm -hmm. Well, that being said, I was actually thinking about this because I ditched my Twitter a long time ago, and we talked about this in school, about how social media is like a big thing. It's going to be pushing your career. Mm -hmm. And I was like, do I want to be on Twitter? I have everything except Twitter. And then I realized that, like, I was thinking about it, and I'm wondering if there's a point in my career where Twitter is going to come back up. And I'm gonna have to have it to communicate with people because you have maybe maybe you have an audience or something, and that's a good way to connect with people. It's I think just, it's just I don't like the the stigma of Twitter. Like you know, we got people like Donald Trump, and you got everybody, everybody, everybody that does it. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be the president, and you can air your dirty laundry on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Isn't that the truth? Kanye West. Yeah. <laughs> There was a big uh, online discussion on LinkedIn a couple weeks ago about it, and I, I categorize it as LinkedIn is your professional space, Facebook or Instagram are your personal space, and Twitter is the political space. And you're right, maybe it's because of Trump and he's kind of politicized the channel, but it does feel like it's a news slash political forum now more than anything else. So I think it's a good question, then how do you end up using it? Yeah, I mean, and I don't see really what it benefits you in your career other than, like I said, connecting with, like, audience. If you have a large audience of people, that's just my thoughts. But then again, like I said, I'm not a big social media user as it is. I don't post a lot. I'm usually just kind of a silent observer. I, I, I go a reader. On, exactly. Same. I go on and read and don't really post anything. But you're right. It depends on where you are in your career. So if you become a personality, maybe, then it becomes a channel. Yeah, I, I could see that. And maybe, like, it becomes your job eventually. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. It's not, it's not easy. <laughs> I think the other challenge, too, especially for young people, is when you were in college or in your very early 20s, um, some people might be living life a little bit more rebelliously. And back to provocative stuff is the stuff that gets views. I think there's a question around, okay, there's my prior social media life, and now there's the social media life I want to create and curate going forward now that I'm professional. Mm -hmm. How do I do that? Because all of your historical mm -hmm. social media activity is there for the HR department to see Forever. when they're vetting your resume. Right. 
forever is right. Mm -hmm. The internet is forever. So I think that's also an issue that young people could use help with is, what do I do with all of that stuff that's out there? If I don't want to delete everything, mm -hmm. what do I do while I'm sort of transitioning into what my public persona should be? And I think there are a couple of things. The first thing is you can completely clean up your channels, make them more private so that they only include friends and so not all of the posts could be visible for everybody. Yeah, You could delete those whose time has come and gone. You could uh, also set privacy from some of like your posts that you just want to keep for yourself. To yourself. Exactly. Share something you want to go back and read later. Not necessarily for everybody else to see that you shared it, though. Or send it to yourself. Or something along those lines. Yep. And I think it also depends on if you have made your social channels searchable by your real name versus yeah. your handle. So if you have made it searchable by your real name, back to that HR check that will happen. Uh, read me loud and clear, audience. It will happen. Uh, anything that's in your real name should be heavily edited mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that you're totally cool with, uh, you know, uh, somebody my age who might be a little square and stuffy. Keep Not that nice. I'm square Keep and stuffy. Yeah, checking you out. Exactly. But then the other thing you can do is um, if it was under an alias that isn't necessarily searchable by your real name is now you can start to create two accounts. So you can have a more public-facing social account that can be searchable under your name that would be HR appropriate while you still maintain your incognito accounts for your friends so that you actually can have a personal life. Because my feeling about this is everybody is allowed to have a personal mm -hmm. life. And privacy is something that everybody should be able to enjoy. So we just have to figure out you know, what the guardrails are within the way things work at work uh, to make sure that you can have both. I had a good question actually about that regarding, I guess, what you post, like what what is being put out there. And let's say you're using like kind of a business personal page. It's kind of just a little bit of everything, but it, you've cleaned it up. It's just your Facebook page. Um, I guess what exactly is fair game for posting? Like what what, it, what is an HR department going to look at and be like, okay, we don't want this person working here. I mean, other than obviously things like Fires. they don't want to go out and see you like smoking a blunt or on <laughs> Facebook or whatever. But I mean, what about things like, like news articles and politics and the stuff that you're actually interested in? So I'm going to say that there are three buckets. Uh, the first bucket is anything illegal. So if there are, your, your blunt example is a great one. <laughs> if you have any photos or videos out there of you doing stuff that's illegal, take it down, make it private. Um, the second one I would call um, more material that they would consider or be able to consider as an indication of your personality, your ability to get along with others. So is there a video of you getting into a big old bar brawl? That, that might raise some eyebrows. Private. Right. Um, just because, you know, you want to you want to come off. As, yeah. But then the third one, I'm going to call that the thought police. Back to your question about politics. And I'm sorry, everybody's allowed to have their own opinion. So if anything that you've posted is considered controversial in a way that HR thinks that you wouldn't be a likely candidate, fuck those people. You don't want to work there anyway. That would be my two cents on that one. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, social media. It's a, now, the, the real quick thing I wanted to cover on um, what you need to be aware of uh, with most companies, and that is the first and most basic rule. Don't go online trashing your company or any of your company's customers. That's the fastest and easiest way to get the boot on right. social media. Like you go on Facebook, see a McDonald's employee talking crap to somebody who went there to go get a burger earlier. Exactly. That, well that guy them. who spit on the pizza. Okay. <laughs> All That's great so examples. <laughs>
So, yeah, just a little common sense there, and you should be fine. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, does that wrap up our social uh, media segment? I think segment? that does wrap up our seg- our social media segment. I mean, honestly, it probably doesn't. Knowing us, we'll probably come back to it. And it's talk a big about it. it kind of ties into everything. We, yeah. you know. All right. We'll just say it wraps it up for today. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about more work hacks with Bossy Skirt. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot. As a business owner, you're always looking to save money and cut costs where you can. And if you advertise on radio or television, you know it can get pretty pricey. If radio and TV aren't delivering like they promised, and you're looking for a more reasonably priced way to get your message to the masses, I've got an answer for you. New Radio Media. With live streaming and on-demand programming, your message can be seen throughout the day and you can worry a little less about cutting those costs. For more information, go to newradiomedia.com or call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999. low-budget movie version. 60s TV version. Early 2000s high school pseudo-adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version, yeah? I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here, so listen up. Watch the Geektainment channel on NewRadioMedia.com. It's geek-approved. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. I have it. it. Drives me crazy. You crack me up. <laughs> Ed, that's not an unusual occurrence either. It's like every day. Hey, it's not awful. It's not like a horrible. Oh my gosh, I can't be around this person. It's like okay. It's just you You're and me. You're very particular. I think it's just you and me. <laughs> I'm like this at home, bro. It's it is what it is. <laughs> my plus one has major OCD, and I've always had this idea that I want to start an Instagram channel, take a picture like of my blow dryer when I'm done with it, and then inevitably when I come back 10 minutes later and see what it looks like now that he's managed the cord, <laughs> so I can oh, have all of these up, side by up. side before and afters. I'm always picking stuff up around the house. Oh my God, what he does to my pantry and spice oh. cupboard. I just want to wring his 
Is it all organized and nice and neat, though? Yeah, but I have it organized nice and neat. That's what my plus one says. She's like, okay, so I have everything where I want it. I walk in the room. I think it's a mess, so I start picking up and organizing. She comes back. She's like, where is everything? I was like... It's like, all nice. Look right how here. nice and organized yeah, it is. Look how nice it so, like, looks. I have my own way. I do it. So just so you know, we fucking hate that. <laughs> we had it organized. <laughs> now I can't find anything. I know. I know. Oh, God. All right. Anyway, I do I that around here though too. I pick up stuff, put it all like go around picking up pens, put them in a little cup. And... You know, like a public area is great because everybody kind of knows this is the way this particular public area is organized. But when you get into reorganizing people's personal space, <laughs> it's like an affront of my privacy. <laughs> All right, yeah. speaking of privacy, oh. what a great segue. <laughs> okay, so we were talking a little bit ago about um, social media, and you can't really talk about social media without asking... Are you in a relationship? Facebook official. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I wanted to talk about that because I have a lot of really strong opinions about romance in the workplace. But I'm going to spare you mine because what I really want to hear about right now is your guys' experience. And we're going to think of this in three buckets. The fun, early flirting stage and what that means at work. The actual official stage and not only how fun that is to be in a relationship with somebody you work with, but how other people in the office may find it incredibly uncomfortable. And then, God forbid, what you do in the post-breakup stage when you're working with somebody who's now seen you naked. <laughs> so let's start about, let, let's, let's start with the first phase. So, you know, flirting at work. Uh, there's even a phrase, you know, you guys might not know this, but we actually call it, do you have a, like, my plus one, he absolutely has a work wife. I've had oh, work that phrase. Yeah. I've okay, that that's before. what it refers to. Yeah. My plus one. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm too old to call him a boyfriend. Anywho. Um, I love that, though. So, uh, flirting at work. Somebody step up and share. I have no experience in this. I've worked with mostly males. My whole honestly, this is probably my like one of my first like jobs where I've actually worked with like females. Like worked alongside. And we're literally like the only two. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, there's a couple. Yeah, Yeah. but we're like friends, like good friends, not like. Ooh, Tony. This yeah. is actually fascinating. And I don't want to take us down too big of a rabbit hole, but so does the Me Too thing scare the shit out of you? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. I bet it does. I don't want to get like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be, I'm not, I don't have to do it. I didn't have anything to do with it. I'm, I'm, an, I'm a gentleman. He's very nice. <laughs> so, so girls, bear with us really quick because I want to talk to Tony about this. So um, a couple things. The first one is... Me too. Yes, it's it can be confusing and scary for a guy. But the easiest way to always remember this is that harassment, any form of harassment, but primarily sexual harassment, begins with the word unwelcome. Exactly. So there's mutual flirtation stuff that happens at work all the time. Now, it gets really tricky if you are in a position of authority over that person because they may be sending you signals that imply that it's reciprocal because they're intimidated. So that's why there's so much Me Too stuff going on in the press where the guy is in a position of power mm-hmm. because what appears reciprocal might not really. It might have been more like pressure. Yeah. But at the stage of the career uh, where you're at right now where you're just, you know, it's another frontline staffer, you're yeah. not in any sort of position of authority, if it's reciprocal, it's totally cool. Yeah, I noticed that too, and I honestly, I think it just became a matter of holding my tongue and making sure I don't say something too dumb, because I mean, yeah, you kind of read the room and, you know, what people, everyone's saying, but, you know, some people are okay with some things, and working around guys my whole life, I'm very much one of the bros, so (laughs) saying something like, it's pretty easy to say something that could offend somebody, and 
not even think about it. Like we at my old place, we were always joke that we couldn't hire a girl because yeah, because you guys probably, are all dirty yeah. talkers. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's that's the that's another real easy rule of thumb is when you're um, if it's you know a joke that's meant for you know a bar room with dudes, you know hold that one back. But the flip side of it is if you want to make a personal comment about somebody individually. Never say to a girl what you wouldn't feel comfortable saying to a guy, because that's when guys can get a little crazy, like, you know, boy, your ass looks great in those jeans. Obviously, you would never say that to a guy, so you don't say it to a girl. So that's <laughs> gotcha. it's kind of an easy it's an easy little rule of thumb there. But if you were talking about relationships in general in the workplace, I have worked with my bestest best friend, like practically a brother to me, Okay, and that is enough to drive you nuts. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't recommend it. Absolutely. And to create conflict, because that's the other thing people don't At talk home. about a lot. No, I was going to say at work. Like, if you and I work together, and I know that you two are a thing, I'm going to kind of resent that because it's going to make me feel like, well, every time I'm talking to you, I may as well be talking to you as well. (laughs) And I'm sure that's what a lot of people felt working with you and your best friend. You know, it it makes people feel like they're on the outside of that relationship. So it can create some tension. Yeah, I get that. I could I could definitely see that. Not even just tension from the outside, but yeah, even inside tensions. Just like from the personal like you want to be friends, you want to be friends outside of work, but at the same time when you get off work, you'd want to go home and not even be near the person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cuz you're like I just I need some space. Yeah, that's true. So, Too much. Yeah, it makes you it makes you realize a little bit, opens your eyes. But the flip side of it is, especially like in a romantic relationship, that first of all, Forty-five percent of people have dated somebody who they work with, so it's super, yeah. super common. I have. Yeah, I, I have mean, too. I have. It was a long time ago, but yeah. Yeah, and, and and guess what? You probably will again. We spend all of our time at work. Our our coworkers end up knowing us as well as anybody. Mm-hmm. In some really tight knit places, they become like family. So it's, it's very not natural. hard to have a bunch of stuff in common with somebody that you work with. Exactly. And then the other really nice thing is you always have something to talk about. So when you've had a bad day at work, now you're yeah, significant other Yeah, they just get it, right? To- exactly. You can use actual names instead of being like, okay, my boss. No, not that boss, but this boss. And, you know, <laughs> they're trying to keep like, up with you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so it is nice because you always have something to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you can have your fun little water cooler moments. But keep in mind, like I said, it's sort of like back to you and your best friend thing. People, as soon as they know about you, they're looking, you know, for those little signals for you guys to be, you know, showing how tight you are in the office over there giggling by the water cooler or whatever. So that's always a thing to think about that people don't always uh, anticipate is the way it might be, you know, resented by your your coworkers. Mm -hmm. Um, But so, yeah, so let's just progress down this uh, relationship path for a minute. So now there's been the awful breakup. Oh boy. And now you're both still for working. All parties involved. Oh my god. Awkward for everybody. Yeah, everybody. Literally. I remember when I worked so this was one of my serving jobs back in the day. Um and I had dated him for my my then boyfriend for like almost a year and he broke up with me and then you know, so like you're getting over like the breakup, and then he started dating somebody else we worked with, oh. and I was like having to watch it. That's you know awful. what I mean? So you're I'm just sorry. like, what? Like you, you, you can't like just get away from it. Yeah, exactly. It's not like you're just gonna no quit escape. your job. There's no mm-hmm. escape. And then of course you're all friends with other people that you work with, so like you can't ever escape it. Yeah, and then it becomes a side picking game. I've been in that yes, where it's exactly. a matter of whose side is who's on whose side and mm-hmm. it's like but I 
I liked both I liked of you. <laughs> exactly. So. And then sometimes when there are disputes at work, you can feel like your ex, you know, you're, you're in a room and you're trying to campaign to get people to buy into your opinion and your ex is taking a position against you mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, just that's not even you. real. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. you're just, you don't even feel that way. <laughs> you're just trying to not agree with me on mm-hmm. purpose because you're mad because I dumped you. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's so many downsides to it and everybody tells you that. But, you know, we all still do it because, you know, again, it's who we work with. It's People. where we end up it's where we end up bonding. I think some of it is like setting boundaries too, like when you're together. Like at work, you know, a matter of like keeping a professional relationship. This is this is like our work relationship like, and then this is what we can do outside of work at exactly, home. Exactly, yeah. Like you don't want to like, see two people walking around the office holding hands. You might not oh even want to call them you, you know? might not even want to say like pet yeah. names and stuff, you know. Things Absolutely. like yeah, things Very like con hey, or you know <laughs> like excuse me. I don't want all my coworkers hearing you talk to me like that. First of all, yeah. No. Second hey. off, I have a name. You should use it here just like everybody else does. Yeah. So, how did you manage your breakup at work? Mm, That's a really, really kind of spirally question. Um, My significant other and I are actually still together. We met at a previous job, ended up going other ways in the job field, through schooling and stuff, continued dating from this job. Gotcha. And we're still together. Gotcha. Okay, well then our fingers are crossed there. (laughs) Congratulations. It's been a bumpy ride. I'm not going to lie and say it hasn't, but... Because the other thing that can... uh, Well, then we're we're not going to talk about the breakup part with you, but back to um, Tony's comment on boundaries. That's the other challenge is we might agree as a couple that these are the boundaries at work. And then I dump you, and now you are vindictive, and there are all kinds of things I can do to screw you over. Like, send out your nudes yeah. right before I quit. I, know. I, I can see people Tony's who would like, be like that. No, Personally, no, if, if we had not worked out at that place of work, because we did work so close together, I would have asked to be transferred somewhere else, and I would have left her alone entirely. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to cause problems for us at the workplace. I don't want to make it any harder than it already is. Breakups suck. Okay, whether you want to be with that person or not, hurting somebody's feelings or being hurt is never fun. Mm-hmm. It's not enjoyable. So to try to minimize the, the damage control, I would have just excused myself from the situation. Which is a really important point because that's mm-hmm. something I would ask everybody to think about before they make that leap is if you're in your dream job. Because the odds are... That if you, uh, if mm-hmm. the situation doesn't work out, one of you will end up leaving. And if like you really lo- like it there. Yeah, exactly. Dream jobs are really hard to find. Mm-hmm. If you're uh, happy. So and... I'm curious, Lana, did you end up leaving? No, actually, no. Um, stuck it, it out. Yeah, I stuck it out. I, I mean, I eventually ended up leaving, but and it wasn't because, because of, that. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ended up finding just a better opportunity. Gotcha. That worked out for me. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the the lesson here is just think it through, right? Deciding yeah. to date somebody at work is not like swiping on Tinder. It comes with a lot of other considerations. Yeah. You want to make sure that the person, somebody used the word mature earlier, that you think the person is a good match for you from a maturity standpoint so that they can help navigate all of the bumps that you will surely run into if you decide to embark on a... Uh, situation where you're going to be a couple at work so and if you do split up and you're working together and you guys have social media don't post it all over the place (laughs) you're right the digital both topics the the digital equivalent of pda (laughs) yeah that's rough yeah people are like oh this person and this person are saying this online now i wonder what it's going to be like at work the next week Uh uh-huh just no keep it keep your 
stuff on the DL. Keep your subtweets yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whenever, whenever you can. The one, the one little stat I'll throw out there. Do you know that if the forty-five uh, percent of us who have dated somebody at work, a third of those have turned into marriage? I believe it. That's not bad statistics. Yeah, yeah. So it is. It is a real thing. So it's helpful to have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll do it for this week's work hacks with Bossy Skirt. Thanks everybody for joining us. We will see you again next week. Bye. Bye. Jenny, please don't sing. Hey, you guys, it's Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Geektainment Weekly on new radio media. Turtle power! Detroit. It's the home of some of the world's most talented artists. It's where techno and Motown were born. It's a city where you can experience raw, untamed rock and roll. I'm Ben Rose, and I'm inviting you to join me weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 for the Motor City Juke Joint. I'll have interviews with musicians, info on what's going on around town, and a playlist curated by me just for you. It's all right here on NewRadioMedia.com.